Hi, this is Trisha Swenson with podcast episode number four, Fear and Judgment. When I think of fear and judgment, one of the best metaphorical depictions of it on screen was in the Disney movie Frozen. I have found valuable insights into both fear and judgment by rewatching this film recently. First, I want to talk about Anna. What you see of her in the beginning is that she is an active and playful young girl and very cheerful. I would say she has the gift, like the spiritual gift of cheer and vivacity. It is a good thing too, as these qualities help her bear the trial of being so lonely for so many years and the total and utter lack of explanation as well why she can never see her sister after having so many good memories together. you think that if such action was necessary, that her parents would find other friends and social opportunities for her during her childhood that would provide her a social outlet, because she's obviously very extroverted. Because the film shows no such events, we are left to assume she literally spends the rest of her childhood alone, only able to speak to her parents and perhaps a few staff members that work at the castle. You watch her growing up song and observe as she knocks on Elsa's door year after year after year until finally she thinks about it and decides not to anymore because what is the point? Elsa will never let her in. She knows from experience by now. We observe that Anna is very excited when they open the gates again and to meet everyone at the coronation ceremony and ball. She fantasizes about meeting the one and later gets engaged to someone she just met. I'd like to talk about why she did that. I personally relate a lot to Anna's character and personality, and I can understand where that all came from. Some might think this is useless information because clearly getting engaged to someone you just met is always the wrong decision. But instead of judging her, let's be curious. Anna is clearly an extrovert who has been kept inside a a castle her whole life and isn't allowed to see or spend any time with her sister. At no point has someone given her an explanation as to why she can never see her sister. They just make sure she never does. Cutting off an extrovert's need to socialize in the real world would inevitably lead to mental challenges such as anxiety and depression. Anna is always interested in people, and she feels stifled her whole life, like everything is in her way. When she first... And and I really want to emphasize that, like everything is in her way. So everything outside of her is in her way. Like if she could just change everything outside of her, then she can finally be happy. I totally relate to this whole challenge that she has, this whole movie. So when she first meets Prince Hans, he comes to represent hope and freedom for her. That's really what she's wanting to experience and friendship. Um, like she might actually leave the castle if she marries him. She might actually socialize regularly if she marries him. And hey, he is handsome. And at first glance, they seem to have so much in common because she has an emotional, because she has an emotional desperate need for, to hope for socializing and freedom and companionship. She quickly agrees to his proposal. Anna's fear is, the continued loneliness and oppression that she feels from being stuck inside her castle and not being able to reach out and to connect with people. 
She feels convinced that the solution to her problem is always going to be outside of her. She feels powerless to change her life on her own. And I'm not saying she shouldn't feel this way or that, it, or because that's just wrong. And of course she has the power to change her mind and her circumstances. What I'm saying is at this stage of her maturity and her understanding, that is all she can consider. And that is the exact journey that she goes on. And you could say that she needs to go on throughout the movie. So I just believe that her journey is perfect for her, just like each of our journeys is, is I can believe that, that it's perfect for us. First, she believes that Hans will solve her problem with loneliness and companionship. She's done with being lonely, and she's ready to have some kind of escape. Second, she believes that Elsa can solve the problem of the winter weather at summertime. She climbs mountains to tell her sister. <laughs> this is just amazing. She climbs mountains in the snow. Think about the reality of doing that yourself if you would want to. So it's like it tells you a lot about her. She has obviously a lot of gall. What's the word? Um, She's just she has a lot of bravery and courage to be willing to climb out, you know, climb up a snowy mountain. You know, it's not like she even had she didn't even have snow gear when she set off. So it's kind of amazing. Actually, if you really think about it, like who, who is this person? She, she's going to go climb up a snowy mountain to solve the problem of this like perpetual winter. And she immediately goes, she doesn't sit sit around and think about it or say, oh, my sister's gone. I guess me and Hans going to rule the castle now. How many of us would be tempted to do that? Right? So she climbs up the mountain to tell her sister the problem so she can fix it. And what ends up happening when she finally makes it up there is she gets hit by Elsa's ice to her heart because Elsa is still um, just not really in control of her power. Um, so she now has a new problem to fix. She's got ice in her heart and she's slowly freezing to death. Um, so then Kristoff, um, we know, t- tells her that he can take her to these love experts, the trolls, and that they can fix her frozen heart. Or that they'll know what to do. Um, so she's like, all right, the trolls. The trolls are now my, you know, my savior. They're going to fix the problem. And and so she's, she, you can see she's constantly like, okay, someone else is going to solve the problem. You know, this thing outside of me is always going to solve the problem. And so she goes to the trolls. And as you know, they tell her true love is the only solution. So, let's talk about Elsa next. So, but first, let's recap. So, Anna is always looking at other people as more powerful than she is to change her circumstances so that she can finally feel what it is that she wants to feel. Okay? And she wants to feel free, happy, and in love. She wants to feel like the possibilities are open to her and she can latch on and grab a hold of those things. So Elsa, let's talk about her. Elsa kind of has an opposite problem from Anna. She's told that she needs to control her ice power by not feeling anything and being standoffish and keeping her distance from other people. Essentially, she is taught to fear herself. And at no points do her parents say, come on now, honey, you can control this. Take deep breaths. You're okay. 
and like work with her on controlling the emotions because clearly her emotional state is exactly what sets off this ice problem that she has. Instead, everyone just becomes very afraid of it. And, and so because they, everyone steps into fear around her, there's like, it just becomes cold, right? And, and that is like, it's like a perfect analogy. When we all step into fear, everything becomes cold. When we don't have hope, when we don't allow love <clears throat> and the possibility that really Anna represents, <clears throat> that is when we, things just get cold and closed. So I'm just saying her parents could have, could have worked with her and said, you know, loved her enough to, to help her. Like, let's calm down. It's okay. You can do this. You know, I mean, wouldn't you do that with your kids if they had some kind of a challenge? Excuse me. I have a little bit of a throat, a little cold coming on that I'm fighting off. So what their parents do, though, is they give her gloves and lock her in a room. It's essentially saying, like, let's deny who you are, and, and um, we just need to keep this hidden and closed up. And how many of ourselves, you know, have a part of ourselves that we believe, like, we've got to keep this just closed, and they don't want anybody to see this part of me because um, then I'm going to have to be willing to feel, or I'm just going to have to feel re- the rejection that comes from letting people see and obviously this is Elsa's great fear <clears throat> so they are living in judgment and fear as well the people all around Elsa and, and Elsa herself because of the short-sightedness of their approach which is a natural result of being emotionally stuck in fear and in judgment they only think of the possibility of the worst case scenario where Elsa hits Anna in her heart and Anna's gonna die and <clears throat> it's just interesting to know that the trolls warn Elsa and her parents that fear will be her greatest challenge with controlling her power, and yet fear is right where they go and to and stay. You'd think that the love experts would know how to teach, or to, to teach Elsa to love into controlling her powers, or that her parents would be able to love her in a way where they would start off with a conversation of what happened you know they could say so uh, what what really happened Elsa and and actually listen to her and Elsa would have to love herself enough to say well I I fell down while Anna was jumping from each of the snow drifts that I was making and I tripped and so when I was trying to send her another snow drift to jump onto she I actually hit her in the head with my eyes, you know, and so it was my accident. I'm so sorry, you know. <laughs> Instead, Elsa's just like, I don't know, it was my fault, and ah, and she just has all this fear. <clears throat> but what if her under- what if her parents had understood that? What if her parents just realized it was a simple, honest accident, and they realized that like, okay, the trolls can fix that, and we, you know, we just we need to be careful. And keep an eye on our daughters more. That's one option, right? But that's not what happened. They went straight to judgment with, you know, you are a danger to Anna. We must lock you up for Anna's safety. 
And it's kind of a shame that Elsa never comes to a point that she gets to have compassion for herself and say aloud, you know, I was only trying to save her. And because I was clumsy and tripped, we had this accident. We played many times as children and been safe. Please don't keep Anna from me. She brings so much joy to my life. You know, how many people could bring more joy into our lives if we let them in? In this way, Aunt, um, in this way, Elsa would have been able to save herself by turning herself and her family to love rather than judgment. We often think that if we had some sort of mental or emotional defect, much like Elsa, that we need to stay away from other people to keep them safe. I've had this argument go through my head many times over the years and throughout the moments of m- mental and emotional struggles that I've gone through. The trouble is that if we don't first love ourselves and give ourselves both the benefit of the doubt as to our struggle and find the goodness within, really see the good that we are, other people do end up adopting our, our personal self-judgments about us without even thinking twice. In this case, both Anna and Elsa suffer from the same condition of thinking that their outside circumstance controls their personal peace and happiness. <clears throat> Sorry. Even though Elsa loudly abhors Anna's choice to quickly get engaged to Prince Hans after only spending a short time with him, she is sipping from the same goblet herself by keeping her gloves on and telling herself that she could lose control at any moment and that after this night, um, she will quickly go back into isolation and everyone will be safe again. They both are lacking the ability to love themselves effectively. So they kind of have a similar problem in that way. At the point in the movie that Anna finally gets to the castle on the North Mountain, Elsa tells her, I am alone, but I am alone and free. So both Anna and Elsa are searching for freedom, but they're both looking in the wrong places. No one can ever be truly free who is living in fear or judgment. Neither condition will ever equal freedom. And technically, as I think about this, fear and judgment, they always come together. They always they are always happening at the same time. I'm convinced that you cannot be feeling one without feeling the other on in some way in some aspect um about someone or which is really always directed inward but it's is just projected outwards so they're both living in bondage they can never be free Um, fear is bondage because it's a condition where you constantly give your power away as a result of your belief in lack the lack of self-sufficiency of I am enough, or what I have is enough, or what I am is enough. I mean, who I am is enough. So on some, in some way, we, we probably all have that fear, in, or we've had that fear. You know, maybe some of us have worked through it, or some of us, we're probably still working through all of these fears in different ways, in different things, and they, they show up. We could easily use the words... Um, adequate, sufficient, good, wonderful, or other, or others, um, rather than enough. Sometimes I am enough doesn't quite encompass what we're really meaning. Sometimes we just need to realize that we, what we want to think, what we want to feel is I am wonderful. I am, I am adequate, adequate. I am sufficient. I am good. And that's why I say believing your goodness. So here's an, uh, an affirmation. I am good. What I have is sufficient. Who I am is wonderful. When we use the word enough, it suggests there is some kind of bar or measurement to meet in order to be 
fit for the word. That's another reason why not to use that word to try to empower yourself because it, it does kind of, it can take our brain to this place of there is some bar that I've got to reach. And what if we just loved ourselves with what our current best was that day, which might've been laying in bed all day. You know, our current best might've been just doing a couple of things that day, depending on where we're at. It might just be a little bit, you know, we, we can love ourselves with what we can actually get done um, instead of constantly pushing ourselves to extremes that no one can achieve. So if we believe in this, that this bar exists, that there is such a thing as enough, and I'm not saying that there is or isn't, but we have the choice to believe in a bar or to actually just love ourselves where we're at. Those are really the two choices that we have. So this could mean that if an outer measurement is what we strive to achieve, we are already placing the power outside of ourselves. When do we ever give ourselves permission to love ourselves exactly where we are, as opposed to seeing ourselves always in relation to the bar we have set? If we choose to inherently believe in our own goodness rather than our worth as it relates to an outside measurement, we see ourselves as a measurement or a reflection of a measurement or standard rather than the vision of reaching our full potential and all that it encompasses. We can and if we really love ourselves, we're willing to be honest with ourselves and where we really are at. And we all we can want to achieve more, and we should, I think we should want to achieve, you know, more um, and different goals. Um, we have to see, we have to really love where we're at in order to really move all of ourselves forward into that goal to achieve it. So if we choose to inherently believe in our own goodness rather than our worth as it relates to an outside measurement, um, well, like I was saying, we see ourselves as a measurement, right? And the fear is simply a temptation to learn to choose out of because our good does not come out by living from fear. We grow by believing in ourselves. We grow by doing good, by lifting others, by encouraging them toward higher things. That's the doing the good. That's the good in us coming out is, is helping others in the ways that we know how to help them and feel empowered to help them because we believe in the good that we are. And so the same is true about trying to stifle others. When we try to limit ourselves to an idea or belief that feels safe yet confining, we are stifling ourselves and we're going to stifle others inevitably. So back to Anna and Elsa. In stifling ourselves, we only make things harder for ourselves, less comfortable and ideal. But I also feel to say that even though these characters went through these difficult experiences trying to get to a place where they could feel what they wanted to feel, mainly freedom and love, they learned an awful lot on their imperfect journeys towards hope, um, hoping to reach that. They gain so much insight into themselves and each other by going through all of the mess. We can sit back during these films and say, oh, if only their parents had been this way. And if only the trolls had taught them about love and those thoughts. But they always lead to frustration. Whenever we look at our lives that way, if only this had happened this way. It's so tempting. And we probably spend 
a fair amount of our time each day, each week, having those kinds of thoughts, but that just puts us into frustration. And from frustration, there's not a lot of good fruits that come out of that. A lot of, not a lot of good actions. Um, mostly if we try to give something, it comes out of this resentment and people don't want something that comes from resentment, right? Those are valuable things to know because in future, problems can be prevented by learning from the past. But Anna and Elsa and all of us need our mess. Is that crazy? Our mess is where we learn. Anna learned a lot about herself by climbing those frozen mountains to reach Elsa. She learned a lot from having Kristoff show up. And she even opened him up to love. He had been living alone by himself his whole life. You know, he, he thinks he's one of those people that thinks animals are better than people. You know, there's a lot of people like that that have been burned by somebody and they just want to stay alone. And she opens him up to love. <coughs> and that comes from the power of believing in herself. Elsa might have thought after all of it, Oh my gosh, I am so sorry, Anna. I made you climb up that entire snowy mountain. You didn't even have snow clothes at first or adequate supplies. She could have, she could have said that. She could have been like, oh my gosh, that was rude. You know, she could have gotten to a place where she'd said that, right? But that wouldn't have been, um, well, she would, could have had, the compassion could have been there for Anna, like towards herself, she would have perhaps felt shame with that kind of a thought. And she was, because she would have shamed herself for running away and, and, you know, selfishly trying to experience freedom, right? She made everything freeze over. And, um, obviously during the movie, she, that's like, you know, she mostly feels horrible about herself because she's shamed, you know, she's dealt with the shame of who she is for so long. Um, so I like to give these outside possible experiences because they so often relate to how we think that we are going through something terrible or make mistakes that seem later to be unnecessary. But what if all the mistakes we make are necessary? What if we are making the exact mistakes we need to make in order to become who we want to be? And this is just an idea. Like, consider this possibility. What if the mistakes we make are exactly what we need to learn in order for us to become who we want to be? Now, think of that thought in opposition to the thought of like, I should never have made any of my mistakes. I should never have done that. Where does that put you? Like, where do you emotionally, what do you feel when you think that kind of a thought? It's just not at all empowering. It's not at all self-loving. It's not helpful. And it it takes you right out of the present moment. It just kind of sucks you into the past, into this regretful feeling that's really tight and, and just low and, you know, where you just want to shrivel up. But if you really, if you really think like, you know, I think I did make the mistakes that were necessary for what I needed to learn. I mean, maybe I perfectly made the exact mistakes I needed to in order to learn what I needed to learn so I could get to where I am now. Like, wow, I did those mistakes awesomely. Like, see how much more open that feels when you think that way? So that's a really good one to consider. And it, it takes time to really like implement this in your life fully to really think be willing to see the mistakes you or someone else has made is like perfect for their journey you made the exact mistakes you needed to congratulations you know like you enabled me to make the correct mistakes that I needed to make so I could learn you know (laughs) 
<laughs> what about learning it? What about seeing it that way? It's just so much more empowering than shaming ourselves or everybody else and judging everybody. So I noticed something interesting this time I watched Frozen. I noticed that how I thought of the characters was simply a reflection of myself. The term frozen heart really stood out to me. And this is bringing in some Christianity. I'm, I'm, I'm LDS. And so the scriptures use the term our hearts wax, the hearts wax cold. So just think about that. If you're someone listening to this and, you know, you don't go to church or anything, this is just a term in the scriptures. Just consider this term for, with me for a minute. Um, hearts shall wax cold is something that it says in the scriptures, specifically about the last days. And um, I really see judging someone, judgment as an act of a frozen heart. Judgment is pushing other people away self-righteously and acting like we are an expert on them while we actually know really very little about them. I recently learned that a woman that I have long judged as distant and hard to connect to suffered a great deal of trauma all her growing up years. As I heard her relate the story um, one day, I, I, she, <laughs> I thought, oh, she must have been feeling safe enough to share this and brave enough to share it really both of these things and it was amazing that she shared it I but my cold heart that I had had about her that was there because of my judgment that I had been holding on to for so long it just melted and tears just started falling out of my eyes and people were wondering if I was okay and I was just really I was just experiencing like my heart melting and um just a warmth coming in so it was a really good feeling you know <laughs> always let people have their tears because you don't ever know what their tears are about and they're not something that anybody has to be ashamed of <sighs> so but I was not only saddened by what she had been through but also by how long I had judged her as being cold distant and difficult to befriend I had tried reaching out to her um, different times and I just struggled. I just struggled to really connect with her and to to know her. And so I had a little bit of regret about, you know, if I had believed in, you know, if I didn't believe that she was cold and distant, then I could have been a better friend to her. You know, that's always available to us. And it's interesting what thawed my frozen heart, knowing some truth about her that I didn't know before. She was willing to open up and share about herself. It changed how I thought about her and how I felt about her. But really, I could have chosen to give her the benefit of the doubt without knowing her all that well. I simply chose to judge her without knowing her. I think it is better to know people than to judge them. But because we don't have the ability to know all people, we make judgments to keep ourselves safe. This is a primitive this is the primitive brain at work working out fear because it desperately wants to keep you and I alive. But what caused her to open up, I wonder? Here's what I think. We are very perceptive as humans and we seem to perceive it when someone is judging us. It is possible because their actions come across so differently differently if they are in a place of judgment versus coming from a place of love. However, when we recognize that someone is judging us, guess what we are doing? We are judging them. Isn't that funny? When we think the thought, that person is judging me, it often results in feeling judged and belittled by them. And that feeling drives 
our words that we speak and the actions we take. So we might start acting defensive. Ultimately, we act judgmentally towards them. So we judge them whenever we think they are judging us. And really, any time when we perceive somebody has, we have a judgment towards them about whatever it is. Maybe we think that they are being a jerk. Guess what? We become a jerk. Isn't it funny how that, that happens? It's like, oh, they're being a jerk. And then we start, it causes us to have a feeling and our actions come out like being a jerk. And it's funny. Anytime you judge somebody, watch yourself and notice how you show up exactly as the judgment that you make. They don't even know what you're judging them as most of the time. Most people don't know you're judging them. You could be watching someone on YouTube or someone on a stage and there's you're one of the million or thousands of people in the audience and you know you have a judgment about them and watch how you show up just I'm gonna do this too let's do it together let's watch our judgments and start to realize like this isn't really worth judging them I think I'd rather choose something like I bet they're doing the best they can I bet they you know what what thought can you think that can give them the benefit of the doubt? Because they probably deserve it. Because you probably don't know their story. You don't. You're not an expert on them. That's something that is is the main thing to to understand about this. Is what can I think that will open up my heart and that I can be willing to be the kind of person that I want to be? And that person isn't a judging person. That person is is kind and open and invites people over and doesn't push people away and we're all working on that we're all working to become that so that is that pretty much wraps up my thoughts today about fear and judgment I hope you'll leave a comment and let me know how you like this podcast and until next time